Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Coming up on today's show with the Battle of Alberta getting ever closer, we'll find out what it means for local businesses in our province. We'll also chat with the Mayor of Red Deer, Ken Johnson, Switzerland, in this Battle of Alberta. How are they feeling in Red Deer today? And we'll talk about the carbon footprint of the internet. It has one, and it's actually pretty sizable. Uh, Lots of money being spent on tickets, but, and here's the good news, lots of money being spent in other areas. I mean, Try and find a vehicle without a flag. They're getting harder and harder to find nowadays. More and more people out buying jerseys, hats, flags for the car, T-shirts, whatever the case may be. And then when the games are on, people are heading downtown. uh, People are going to watch parties. And a lot of people are headed out to the neighborhood watering hole to get together with friends and watch the game. Things are happening, and it's only going to build as we go through this series. Uh, Here to talk about that is Annie Dormuth, who's the Alberta Provincial Director for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Um, Annie, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Of course. Great to be on the show, and uh, what a week for for our our province here uh, in the Battle of Alberta. You know, starting tomorrow, you can definitely feel the excitement, I think, in both provinces here. The excitement is building. You're absolutely right. Now, before we get to what we can anticipate for the next week or two, what about the last week or two? We had two seven-game series taking place in Alberta, um, which we know, I mean, I was out and about uh, at the neighborhood watering hole. It was busy. Are you hearing reports from across the province that, hey, the last couple of weeks have been pretty good? Well, that's exactly what we are hearing from bars and restaurants, hospitality industry-related uh, businesses from across the entire province here that, of course, uh, you know, the last series was definitely a nail-biter. Um, it brought a much-needed and much-welcome boost to the, to the local economy, especially for the hospitality industry that we all know has been the hardest hit throughout the entire pandemic here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that can be overstated, right? When you take a look at how they're benefiting and what industry needs to benefit more than anybody else after what's gone on with COVID. I mean, this must be just such a breath of fresh air for them after two years of bad news one day after the next. This is this has to be such a, a wonderful feeling for them. Well, that's exactly it. And especially when you consider that economic recovery is just slowly, slowly on the uptick here. We are seeing positive signs in our economic dashboard that Almost nearly 40% of Alberta businesses are getting back to pre-pandemic sales. I would have to say that's the highest percentage I have seen for, for over the last two years here. So, yeah, I would have to say that this is uh, this is exciting times um, for, for the province across the entire country here as uh, and, and a good encouragement that uh, what a time to get back together and uh, see one another in person uh, than this exciting event that's going to be upon us tomorrow. When you speak to people in hospitality, we know one of the things they've been struggling with uh, as we emerged whatever we're emerging into is staff. They're having a really hard time getting people. I imagine that's the worst thing to have right now because we know they're going to be busy as all get out for the next couple of weeks. Is that still something that a lot of them are struggling with? 
Oh, most definitely. Our, our, one of our labor shortage reports had an interesting stat here just from uh, late uh, 2021 that uh, the hospitality industry reported that 50% of their staff moved on to other industries during the pandemic. Of course, that just reflects the volatility of the on and off restrictions that caused a lot of their staff to just seek other opportunities. And still to this day, just over 80% are report finding it hard to find staff. So although this is a great time to come together, you know, I encourage all Albertans to be patient with your with your local yeah. waiter or waitress or, or bar and restaurant. Um, they're ready to welcome you. But of course, just recognize that, uh, you know, that they're struggling with their, with their own challenges right now and maybe getting your, your pint of beer or, or your nachos might take a little bit longer than you're used to. Yeah, we talk a lot about the hospitality industry, but I know the spinoffs go beyond that. And what other sectors can we sort of look at and say, hey, this battle of Alberta is really good news for them, too? Oh, I'm hearing lots of uh, watch parties that are happening right now of uh, people looking for venues. You have to take into consideration that the event-based industry was just as hard hit as the hospitality industry as well. So uh, I've been invited to some watch parties as well here at, at events. And again, that that's also a much-needed boost to the industry. Um, you know, when you think about all those adjacent businesses, audio-visual businesses, yeah. uh, caterers, all of that all goes into running a very well-structured event. So uh, those are getting ready for the next couple of weeks here. And uh, yeah, so it does have a rippling effect throughout the entire economy. Tourism as well. My cousin uh, up in northern BC posted that he's going to be heading to Edmonton uh, to watch a game or two. So, uh, you know, this could have broader applications for the tourism industry as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's kind of hard to draw parallels to anything that's happened like this in the recent past, because we had COVID, of course, that knocked everything out for two years. But we haven't had a Battle of Alberta for 31 years, and it's been, you know, 15, 16, 17 years since the teams went on really good long runs. So this is territory that isn't completely foreign, but it's been a really long time. Well, my goodness, yeah. I mean, the last time these uh, these teams faced off, I think I was born. <laughs> I guess to show you how long it's been, and uh, and again, you can, you can definitely feel the excitement. Uh, I, I've. You know, I will say, guys, you know, full disclosure, go Flames, go. I'm here in Calgary. But, uh, you know, this is going to be a very exciting week for our province as, as we welcome, um, you know, our own internal population to come together. But I think it, I think we're going to be welcoming Canadians and perhaps even those from uh, from south of the border as well to our to our province this week. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be so much funny, uh, so much fun, Annie. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely can't wait for it to get started. And I appreciate you coming and giving us the business perspective. Of course, yeah. Uh, I just call on everyone, you know, head out there, have fun, be respectful, and uh, let's have a great week here in Alberta. Absolutely. I'm with you 100%. Annie, thanks so much. Of course. Always great to be on the show. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. That's Annie Dormuth, who is the Alberta Provincial Director for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Um, Okay, let's find out uh, what's going on in Red Deer. Sort of the, the middle of the road, literally, between Edmonton and Calgary as we uh, get prepared for a good old-fashioned Battle of Alberta that we haven't seen in 31 years. Mayor of Red Deer, Ken Johnson, joins us. Mayor Johnson, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. You know, Shay, it's always a treat. And, you know, I, I couldn't want for a better introduction when you say middle of the road in, <laughs> in, in Alberta. We find ourselves not only... Not only geographically, Shay, but but uh, from a hockey standpoint uh, as well. 
you can't get any more middle uh, in Alberta uh, as it relates to the Battle of Alberta than Red Deer, that's for sure. So, so speaking of middle of the road, what is the role of the mayor of Red Deer when the Battle of Alberta starts to build? Do you, are, are you Switzerland? Do, do you try and maintain some neutrality here? That, that's a terrific question because, you know, it, it's been 31 years since, since we had yeah. uh, a, a Battle of Alberta. So I'm, I'm going to be learning as we go. I'll either be in a bunker for the next two weeks uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be able to, to, you know, migrate myself through the community. But, you know, uh, you know, I think the role of the mayor, of course, is, is to just be overjoyed, frankly, Shay. Uh, at, at the activity, the economic yeah. activity, and and the social activity that we're going to enjoy here uh, over the next two weeks, uh, it's it's going to be a tremendous time, Shay. Couldn't agree with you more. I think that's the overwhelming sentiment here. What is the level of excitement in Red Deer? How are people oh, feeling? Oh my God! You know, it, it, it's really starting to take off now. Yesterday, you know, we're sort of emerging as oh my goodness, you know, we're getting a Battle of Alberta. And uh, today, you know, just looking out the, the window from City Hall and, uh, and you know, l- looking at the trucks and cars going by with, with, with the, you know, those mini window flags and, uh, and so forth, you know, Oilers and Flames flags uh, going by. Mm-hmm. I had one of my people uh, get a hold of, uh, there's a Jersey City outlet here in, uh, in Red Deer, and, and just kind of say, you know, where are the jersey sales going? You know, who's who's doing what? You know, and and at this point they're saying there's a slight edge for oiler jerseys over over flame ones. So so very very unscientific, Shay. But but uh, <laughs> you know, there's a slight edge to the Oilers. Let's let's just put it that way. So it's all good. I can see I can see opportunity. Like if you're a Red Deer bar, sports bar, you know, yeah. you draw a line down the center of your yeah. facility. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to get in on this, right? Well, there is, you know, and, and it's not that long ago. Well, I guess Battle of Alberta is that long ago, but we had a bar here in the city called the Rose and Crown, it was called, and they actually did have a line. Now, th- this goes back to the, you know, the, the, the Flames days, the Lanny McDonald yeah. or the Jim, Jim Kuplinski against Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, and Grant Fuhrer, those days. Uh, and there was a line down through the bar, and, and <laughs> you know, the Flames on one side, or there's... I mean, I don't know if there was plexiglass between the two. I, I really don't know, but but uh, th- those were those were pretty exciting days. And I'm hoping our you know we we have a centrium you know the centrium in Red Deer, which uh, where the Rebels play, and I'm hoping they open up uh, the series to to fans and let them come in and watch it on the big screen. I, I'm sure I'm sure those folks are working on something you know to allow people to do that. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. 
And I mean, th- it, this is such a welcome change. We've talked for so long, especially about the hospitality industry in this province and around the world, really, for the past two years about hit after hit after hit, setback after setback. It's so nice to be talking about, look at this opportunity in front of us. It's a big change, right? Well, it's a huge change, and 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 you know certainly, uh, you know Red Deer is not much different than any other city as it relates to trying to reignite that side of our economy and incentivize it. So we, you know, we have our patios now that that are opening very very shortly, and uh, and so on, and then you know, and they're heated, of course. So I can I can see not only, not only the actual thermal heat, but the heat of conversation, if you will. Uh, <laughs> that's going to emerge here over over the next few weeks i, I you know it, it's just a you can see it uh, shay i'm sure edmonton's no different than calgary either but you can really see the the, the energy of people pick up in, in, a, in a series like this because it, there's a lot of pride on the line uh, you know we've had a tough in alberta for the last i would say five years yeah. maybe six this is an you know, and Alberta is reemerging. They're 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 taking their rightful place. Our province is taking its rightful place in in the Canadian landscape. And this hockey series, win or lose, uh, I I think Flames or Oilers fans will say, hey, we've got a team going to the third round, and uh, anything is possible now. And you know that that cup is going to be in sight. That's the great thing for you being mayor of Red Deer. No matter who wins or who loses, there's still an Alberta team and there's still going to be Red Deer fans that are wrapped up in this no matter what happens, right? you got at least another series on the way. We, we do, and, 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 you know, dear to dream, I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid, you know, has emerged as, as bona fide now, the, the best player in the game. And and the, and the look in his eyes the other night when he when he scored that second goal against the uh, Stars. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Kings. That when he when he when he scored the second goal against the Kings, he he's got the look shade. He does. Of, of, a, of, a, of a guy that that is on only one destination, and that's to win it all. That's that's for sure. I I think you're right, Ken. Uh, the problem is, and he's proven in years past, he can't do it by himself. Uh, no. Is is this the year that he has a supporting cast? We're we're going to find out pretty soon here, aren't we? I, I I really think he does have a supporting cast, and and, and you know I say that I, I'll tell you, I was I was in the Saddle Dome about a month ago to see the Oilers lose nine to five to Calgary, uh, and and I I said to some people around me, I said you know. That's rock bottom for 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 the Oilers this year. That that's that's the worst game they played. I think they went twelve and two Shea, a, after that game. Uh, yeah. it, you know, and you know Mike Smith. God bless him. You know, uh, you know far be it for me to point fingers at a forty year old. Here I am in my mid sixties, but <laughs> but you know it, it's going to be a long series on Mike, and and I hope he hangs in there and and uh, and gets some supporting goaltending where he can and. I'll tell you, if they can get the goaltending worked out, uh, Shea, uh, you know, the orders are going to go a long, long way. So you're predicting an Edmonton win in this series, are you? I don't want to put you on the spot. I I am, uh, you know, and I say that being, uh, you know, of all things, Shea, I I say that being a Calgary fan, but the look look in Connor, when when I saw him, I'll tell you, I've seen some great goals over the years, and I've seen some great Connor McDavid goals. But that goal, he he single-handedly willed the puck into the net. <laughs> He's impressive. There's no question, Ken. Uh, enjoy it no matter what happens. We're all going to have a great couple of weeks here, and we need to make sure we make the very best of it. 
All the best to you and the listeners, Shay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's Ken Johnson. He is mayor of Red Deer, um, Switzerland, in the province of Alberta for the next couple of weeks. But clearly his allegiances lie. Sounds like with the flames, but being a realist, he thinks that Connor McDavid is just too much. And the, and the Oilers will be the winners, if I'm reading it correctly. But it's kind of a neat spot to be if you're in Red Deer right now, because you, you, you're you going to have the a town divided. You're going to have Oilers fans. You're going to have Flames fans. Um, and uh, there's going to be room for both of them. And then when this series is over, no matter who wins, uh, it, it continues on for the rest of them. It's, it's interesting, but there's going to be uh, lots of good stories. You know, when we talk about carbon footprints, right, what comes to mind? We always hear about the oil and gas industry, right, and using oil and gas and the environmental impact that has. Uh, agriculture, certainly. Travel, um, another one that's mentioned quite often. And they do all have an impact. There's no, but, no doubt about it. But does the Internet have a carbon footprint, an environmental impact? Sure does. Um, so a weekend of binge-watching Netflix is, is bad for the environment? Yeah, kind of it is. We're going to have a chat here with Laura Marks, who's a professor at Simon Fraser University who researches the environmental impact of streaming. Laura, thanks so much for joining us. appreciate your time. Hi, Shay. Thanks a lot for inviting me. It's great to be on your show. And it's a really interesting discussion here, too. I don't think a lot of us give this a lot of thought, but it makes sense. What are the environmentally damaging components of Internet use? Mm-hmm. Well, we have to think of the whole uh, infrastructure of the Internet, which is uh, data centers that uh, store and process the data, the networks that uh, get that data um, to our devices, and then our devices, um, computers, phones, smart TVs, all of those things consume electricity, both in their use and in their production. So it's 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 the electricity that they use and the way that electricity is generated. Uh, yes. So uh, since um, uh, worldwide, about seventy nine percent of electricity comes from fossil fuels. So in the um, energy sources for each of those infrastructure components, uh, the energy mix will determine what its carbon footprint is. Makes perfect sense. Now, what about um, how big of an impact it has? Like like I said earlier, you know, oil and gas, agriculture, travel, mm-hmm. things like that we hear about and how much of an impact they have. Where would, where would the Internet sort of slot in in terms of a ranking of environmental impact? Uh, right now, engineers are calculating that it's at uh, 4% of the global carbon footprint and rising fast. Four uh, percent. Yeah, some have calculated that um, if things continue at the current state of expansion, it could be up to seven percent in 2030, and 15 percent in 2040. Which it sounds, uh, it sounds unbelievable, but uh, it's pretty scary. When we talk about this. Um like I say, I hadn't really thought of it, but I'm, you know, obviously you study it, and I'm sure there's other people who do and are looking at it, and seeing that kind mm-hmm. of ex- escalation really seems counterproductive to a lot of the push and the electrification that we're talking about when it comes to vehicles and everything. If we're talking about mm-hmm. electricity having this kind of an impact with the Internet alone, um, are there people pointing out the fact that, hey, wait a minute, you're you're kind of going backwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot. Like within, um, among the... Um, uh, 
ICT engineers I've been studying. That's um, information and communication technologies engineers. There's a subgroup of them that are interested in sustainability. So most most ICT engineers are, you know, working to try to improve the efficiency of data centers and um, uh, the and the phones and things like that. But a few of them are saying, look, efficiency just means um, you're going to uh, do more with the same amount of resources. So why not um, why not do even more? So efficiency actually leads to expansion to more data centers that can do more to more networks and more devices because, I hope this is clear, um, as each of our uh, devices and networks and data centers is able to do more, uh, you know, companies, investors are saying, well, hey, now we can stream in 4K, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. So the more it can do, the more it is demanded to do, and so it expands. And it just becomes more energy intensive then. Yes. So these ICT engineers who are on the favor on the side of sustainability are saying we should do um, uh, more with more with less and uh, find a way to not continue expanding ICT's energy consumption by uh, adding new products like, uh, you know, Peloton. Hey, let's uh, let's stream right. 4K <laughs> to our bicycle or um, high-definition multiplayer online games. Uh, and also, don't get me started on uh, artificial intelligence, self-driving cars, those things are going to consume enormous amounts of electricity. And I guess, and this is the same argument, Laura, that we have when we talk about electric vehicles. We, we can take a look at the way things are today, right? These projections are based on what we're using, but we're constantly told there's grid improvements on the way, there's generation improvements on the way, so things could be vastly different a year, five years, ten years from now. So, I mean, there's work being done on that side of the equation as well. Uh, yeah, that's that's for sure. I mean, a lot of people are working to make all these products more efficient. Yes, but um, if it's, but there's still no guarantee that the total energy consumption is going to be lower. Uh, and the way things go, it, uh, it looks like it's going to continue to increase. I'm not an expert on electric vehicles, but you do also have to keep in mind what is the energy source for the for the electricity. Yeah, of course. Because if that's coming from fossil fuels, then you're in a bit of a conundrum. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it still has to be generated somehow. You mentioned Peloton. I know that was one of the big boosts um, during the pandemic. One of the companies that saw a big boost. Um, What about the fact that we were all Zooming? We were all at home. We were all on the Internet so much. Did you see an increase? Uh, Oh, definitely. Definitely. And there are people who try to calculate the carbon footprint of Zoom and other other video conferences. And for sure, that has added to the, to the total expansion. And the funny thing is, you know, it, it seems like uh, video conferencing 
is an overall energy saver because people aren't flying to conferences or or driving to work. Driving to work, yeah. Um, But what's happening is what's called the substitution effect, where um, uh, a new technology seems like it saves more energy, but then people get used to using it all the time. So... You know, at my university, you know, people are actually in their offices having a Zoom meeting with people down the hall. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it. Uh, You're absolutely right. It happens in this building, too. mm -hmm. Yeah, or it happens that uh, people uh, do a video conference instead of a real conference, and then they say, oh, hey, let's fly somewhere on our vacation. So there's another word for that, which is the rebound effect where a a technology that starts out being more efficient encourages new behaviors that lead to more use of that technology, canceling out any savings. Very interesting conversation, Laura. Thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Shay. That is Laura Marks. Laura Marks is a professor at Simon Fraser University researching the environmental impacts of streaming. Thanks for listening today. To hear any of our other interviews, you can find them wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us.